Cinco de Mayo, everybody, comic bookie fans all over the world, all over the globe, and especially the three new countries that we have added to our passport. Welcome in. Hope you guys made a wish. This is episode 111 coming at you live this week. Of course, we got more books to get into. We got a couple directors that want to leave. We got sequels that are in coming into place, and we even got shows that are thinking about getting canceled. On the sports side, we got the UCL championship set up. We got NASCAR unveiling some new pretty saucy rides. And we got MLB, NBA, and all types of other talk to get into. So strap in and hold on because this is episode 111. Don't forget to make that wish. Once again, colliding the world of sports and comics, this is the Comic Bookies Podcast. Let's go. Comic bookie fans, you hear that music fading out and you hear our voices getting louder. Welcome back. Welcome in. First of all, I want to start off the podcast as we always do with our sponsor. Once again, this podcast is brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Make sure you check them out. TI Comics on all social, Treasure Island Comics. And check out Alex for all of your comic booking needs. He is there Mondays, Fridays, and Saturdays to provide you with the best service and questions that you may have. Welcome back, episode 111. I hope you guys have made a wish. My name is Mark. I'm here with my co-host, Sean. If you guys don't know us, we are uh, missing Mike. He was not able to make it tonight, but we are here to hold down the fort with uh, another great episode for you guys so thank you thank you for joining us and uh, thank you for the new countries that have joined us first of all sean how are you doing man you know me always doing good very very excited for this episode definitely apologize you know for not being there last week you guys kicked ass an awesome awesome episode for those who did not have a chance to listen to it definitely check out our youtube page uh michael maroots he definitely is a super, super cool guy, awesome gamer. So, again, very fun episode for the guys last week. But episode 111, bro, it's just you and I. We wish Mike was here, but we'll definitely hold it down. Going to be some fun tonight, bro. How you doing? I'm doing good, and I'm sorry for the hiccups, guys, because we usually would be going live right now. But this episode 111 is uh, going to come at you only in podcast form because uh, our host, Mike, had to uh, had to handle some business in his house with a little couple sick kids if if you will but um he'll be back next week and we'll be live again next week so make sure that you check us out but nonetheless man i want to just start off by saying thank you thank you thank you for all the support we have been getting lately for all the new subscribers for all the new viewerships we've been getting on our youtube channel that have been subscribing to the podcast you guys have been great you guys have been sharing and you know 
with great guests that we've been getting, like Michael Roots last week, and you know we've had DJ Cook Beats, we've had Frank Gogol that we're going to talk about his book in a bit, his Dead End Kids coming to an end. But man, we've had such an opportunity to have such great guests to share our word and their word with you guys, the fans, and we couldn't be happier to just be able to get to 111 episodes as we are sit- currently sitting and just to be in every single continent except for Antarctica. So <laughs> thank you, Switzerland. Thank you, Brazil. And thank you, Australia. The three new countries that are currently listening and downloading the Comic Bookies podcast. And uh, all new subscribers, all new podcast listeners, uh, thank you if you guys are new. Once again, I'm Mark. This is Sean. And uh, this is the Comic Bookies podcast where we collide the world of sports and comics weekly so, Sean, yeah, brother, what's up? What a fun weekend we had at Mike's. If you guys checked out the YouTube page of the Comic Bookies, you guys could have saw a little snippet of how our day went with the family celebrating Mike's birthday. Uh, Sean, what were your takes on it? You had fun? I know you had fun, man. Bro, it was a great time at Mike's house, man. I mean, bro, barbecue, the women, my brothers, the kids. How can we complain, bro? It was a wonderful weekend. We had a great time. That tri-tip, hey, I know we everybody's had to have seen that snippet video that Mike and Danielle were able to put together. And it was pretty much just a recap of the whole day, bro. The food was good. The ambiance was great. We had a good NASCAR race that day, the end of the NFL draft. It was a good time, bro. I'm sure you had a great time also, right? I definitely had a great time. But the most important thing, other than the food, it was just basically just us getting together, man. It's been over a year since we've got together. I mean, I feel like personally that you, Mike, and I have not even been able to do anything really that serious or that fun since we went to San Jose Comic Con in 2019, right? Obviously, right? We're starting to grow this podcast. We're all gung-ho about it. We're getting our flyers. We're getting shirts made. We're getting on Potapaloozas. We're trying to get our name out there. And then, bam, here comes the pandemic, slowing stuff down, not just for podcasts listening in general with people not commuting as much, but just podcast promoting uh, and just, you know, us just trying to build our brand. You know, the one thing that did happen during the, during the pandemic, I believe, is that more podcasts came into fruition with people just sitting around think, you know, saying, oh, I'm going to make one up. But no one collides the worlds of sports and comics and entertainment like we do, Sean. So uh, if you're there ready, only one comic bookies, bro, say it best. There's only one comic bookies and you guys, the fans are listening to it here live. Uh, Sean, if you're ready, I mean, I'm ready. You want to get into a little bit of sports comics first? Uh, what do you want to do, man? Uh, it's kind of a open mic tonight. I think maybe we can start with sports. What do you think, brother? Hey, bro, you know what? You're right up my alley right now, bro. And I think if there's a sport we got to show love to, it's the Bay Area love in the MLB. The first place. Yes, I said that first place A's. Not surprising, but also the first place Giants. Who would have thought a month in, bro, our teams would be both in first place? Kind of crazy, man. Definitely. And who would have thought, especially after the Oakland A's losing their first six games with that opening series against the Astros? You know, I thought I kept on calling them the Owens. You know, I thought they were going to just be (laughs) (laughs) I thought they were just they're about to go Owen. But we had Casey Pratt on. And you know how he said that um, Donaldson believes that um, Josh Donaldson. I know I miss him, too, bro. I miss him, too. (laughs) Um, Oh, Jesus. Now I'm drawing a blank. Chapman. Chapman. Donald. Yeah. 
Now, Matt Chapman believes that they're going to win 100 games. I mean, I still think that's a little far-fetched, but here they are sitting at 19 and 13. I believe they're about to lose tonight on Cinco de Mayo. You, uh, Sorry, uh, you guys are going to be listening to this a couple days later, but happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody. Uh, Oakland is sitting at 19, and I believe they're about to be 19 and 14, still first in the West. The Giants, like you mentioned, 18 and 13 with a plus 30 differential, only behind the White Sox and leading the MLB. So these guys, their pitching is on point. Sean, uh, what do you think about any of these other you, the, the Red Sox are leading, the Indians are leading, the Phillies are leading, the Cardinals, they're the Cardinals again. But what do you think? You can get into your division, the West, with the Padres and the Dodgers that are I think are still going to have something to say for the Giants there. Still really early. We're not even like a, we're not even a third into the season. But your thoughts, Sean, as we hit on MOB real quick for the fans. Uh, definitely early, and I guess like the quick note for our teams, you know, the A's are kind of doing what I expected them to do, despite the Owen in the beginning. I mean, the A's are the A's, and they're playing extremely well right now at 19 and 12, like you mentioned, best record in baseball, and I actually see them continuing what they're doing. It, you know, you just hope when the playoffs come around, they kind of become a new team and not be ousted in the first or second round, because, you know, they're due. They're a good team, the Giants. I just hope they can sustain it. Um, the pitching is pitching well. We've lost a lot of games that we have lost late in the game. So I'm hoping the bullpen can just be more consistent. And, you know, we had a walk-off loss yesterday versus Colorado. So, again, we had to just keep that lead and win these games because, you know, the Padres are a half game behind us. The Dodgers are still a powerhouse team, a game and a half behind us. Looking at these other divisions, bro, I mean, it's early and it's, it's close in a lot of divisions. I mean, we got the Orioles in last place. But they're three games back. You know, you have a three-way tie on top of the Central and the AL with the Indians, White Sox, and Royals. You know, the Phillies are in first place by one game over the Mets. But you also have the Nationals and the Braves a game and a half back with the Marlins two games back. So, alluding to what you said, bro, it's just super early in this season. There's no, you know, team that's super, super falling behind too far back at this point. But it's kind of crazy, man, you know, seeing some of these teams in first place you wouldn't expect, even if it is early. You know, Philadelphia wasn't really expecting that. Red Sox, I mean, you know, it's kind of the Yankees, Tampa Bay division, but, the, you know, the Red Sox are holding their own right now. So fun early you know, action in the MLB. I'm just loving this Bay Area love, though, man. It's really good to see our teams going doing good to what we said earlier, man. I think baseball is one of those sports that when our teams are doing good, it just makes the sport so much more fun to watch. And there's definitely no clear cut favorite, as you alluded yep. to, Sean. I mean, I'm looking here at the odds. You got the Los Angeles Dodgers guys. If you guys want to put a couple future bets in, you got the Dodgers sitting at three to one. You got the Yankees sitting at seven to one. The Dodgers kind of seem like they're on a bit of a hangover, although like we always mention and you just mentioned, it is early in the season. Although I li- I do like the parody that I'm seeing right now, mm-hmm. Sean. I see Tampa Bay, they're sitting in fourth place in the American League right now. Obviously, they made the World Series, so maybe they're on a little bit of a hangover with the winning champions, which is the Dodgers. But the Toronto Blue Jays, they had a huge, you know, they had a big um, – acquisition in the offseason taking Marcus Simeon from the A's to join their shortstop brigade over there and I think that 
I want. I think the Blue Jays are expecting a lot more than to finish third in the East this year. So I, I'm I'm excited to see how the East is going to play out. Obviously, with the Boston Red Sox and with the New York Yankees, we always know that it's one of the f- funnest divisions in baseball to pay attention to. But you got the Padres here uh, sitting in third, Sean, eight to one to win the World Series. The Mets ten to one, Braves seventeen to one, the White Sox eleven to one with Larusa back. And you got the A's at 14 to 1. Sean, it's not an even year. It is an odd year. So I think that might be why the San Francisco Giants, albeit leading their division, they are still 45 to 1 to win this World Series. No surprise there. I mean, uh, like you said earlier, they have to uphold it and withstand the fury that's going to come from the Padres, the Dodgers, and. You know, I don't think we're going to get much from the Diamondbacks. Colorado, they're not doing good at all this year. But what do you think? Do you think that the Giants can sustain this, maybe try to push for a wild card? I mean, they're kind of back to their basics as they were in 2010, 12, and 14 when they won these World Series, man. I think he's got to tread water, and I say that not to just survive because, again, they're in first place. But staying healthy. Again, making sure your pitcher pitching can sustain what they're doing. The pitching is playing exceptional. And just make sure you can secure that back end. You got to make sure you can close those games out. You don't want to lose any of these games in the ninth inning or eighth inning. If they can do that, you know, stick around for second, even third place. But again, within five to, you know, three to five games by all-star break. Yeah, it's still a little bit of time away and maybe make a transaction. I think between maybe getting a good bullpen pitcher maybe another utility guy staying healthy hey bro i wouldn't be surprised are we going to win the division you know smart money is we're not but getting to the uh wild card the way that we're playing if we can stay healthy especially with posey the way he's playing i definitely think we're a wild card team and what you said bro this is kind of like reminiscent on those world series teams no one had faith no one thought it was gonna happen but this team man don't be surprised if they make a run it's still a long season. It's still super early. I don't want people to think, oh, this guy's just banking on what they're doing right now. I've seen three World Series teams out of these guys. And this sure. is, hey, and I'm just saying, this team, they're definitely built very similar. And again, if they can just kind of bring back some of that magic, stay healthy and sustain that pitching, you never know, bro. But like you said, we're in a super hard division with the Padres and Dodgers. And the NL as a whole is really hard with the Cardinals the Braves, the Mets, among others. So we'll see, bro. Long season, but very exciting, man. Definitely. And Kapler seems to be taking a little page out of uh, the Bruce Bochy playbook uh, with the way he's running the team. And just to touch on another team real quick before we kind of round out the baseball talk, guys, I want to touch on the Rally Monkey, man. I want your thoughts and your opinions on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Sean, sitting here at a mid-tier 30-1 to to win the the World Series, but yet 13 and 15, two games under 500. Man, this team with Shohei Ontani, sorry if I pronounced it wrong, and, you know, Mike Trout, it's just, I feel like, what a waste of Trout's youngest years. I mean, this guy, best player in baseball, you know, arguably, and he's just on this team with, uh, you know, Pujols that's kind of doing a little bit better this season, if you will, but, I mean, they just seem like a team that has so many high hopes, so many high expectations, best player in baseball, tries to get like superstar talent from Japan, you know, and every year it just seems like 
they're fighting for that relegation spot all the way at the bottom, Sean. Your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, if any but you guys aren't there, an Angels fan, a, a Rally Monkey fan, I just kind of wanted to touch on them because I just hate to see a guy's career kind of go by the wayside by being just on this team that just really doesn't perform up to par like I believe they should, man. I think at this point, you just know what you're going to get with them. If you actually look at their offensive numbers, they're a big home run hitting team. Their averages are just all poop. <laughs> I mean, straight up. Uh, at this point, it doesn't surprise me. I and mean, we could say it's a disappointment, but to, you know, you're an AL West guy. How is it a disappointment? You know, we know that's kind of where they live by the end of the season. They're either in last place or, you know, second to last place. They're not a playoff team. They're a very star-studded offensive team on roster, but their pitching is very subpar. And at this point, if you look at every team that makes the playoffs these days, it's a team that has at least average pitching, and their pitching is not that good. Pujols, you know, he's aging. He has five home runs, but he's also hitting 198. So, I mean, you know, Otani can go put on a show, put fans in his seats. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. He could put fans in his seats, but... Until they start getting some pitching. I mean, I thought it would be Joe Madden to bring the spark. We know what he did with the Cubs, with the Rays. But, I mean, if he can't do it, then this team needs to just blow up that roster. At this point, I just don't know what else they can do. Because every year I kind of have that, you know, these guys, they might be able to get into a playoff. So they got a damn good team. But when you see that pitching and the way it pitches, <laughs> there's no way they're going to make the playoffs, bro. They're just not well, <laughs> you know, well-rounded. you know, I don't even know what to say, man. There's not a well-rounded team. And... It's unfortunate because what you said, man, that's one of the best players I think to ever play the game, Mike Trout. He's a star. Pujols, one of the best all time. It just sucks that they can't put a better product on the field collectively. And ain't that the truth. So once again, fans, Los Angeles Dodgers 3-1, to Yankees 7-1, to and Padres currently 8-1 to respectively sitting as your top three teams to win the World Series for 2021. Sean. What do you say we hit the hardwood a little bit, man, uh, and go bro, over to the are upon us? Hell yeah, brother. Go over to the NBA where ratings are uh, declining, but yet uh, we're going to talk about them here. Uh, superstars can't keep their mouth shut and stay out of the <laughs> limelight. Well, here we are with the NBA approaching the final weeks of the season. Sean, 76ers are currently ahead by two games of the Brooklyn Nets which everyone thinks that it's a God-given, uh, God-given, uh, just cash that ticket right now, guys, in Vegas. Uh, Brooklyn Nets going to win it, right? But they are the two-seed here uh, in the East. You guys got the Western Conference, Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets, LA Clippers are already locked in in the West. Sean, you're the fantasy guru here when it comes to the NBA, probably the guy that follows it closest on the Comic Bookies podcast. So I'm going to let you have the floor, uh, no pun intended, and go ahead, man. Uh, let, let me know what you think so far of this year. I know you got a lot to say about the MVP, Stephen Curry. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, definitely. Now, real quick, I think the best thing about this season is despite some of the superstar teams being in those first, second, and third place spots, there is some parity, which has been awesome. You know, the Suns, all they did was add Chris Paul, and they're in second place, the second That's best it. record in baseball. That's all it took. But it just shows how important one player could be in the NBA. I just love the parity in the playing game slash those lower seed playoffs. I mean, Charlotte's in right now. Washington's in right now. 
Toronto, a finalist team from two seasons ago, is not even three seasons ago, not even in the playoffs right now. Uh, in the West, you have the Warriors in the playing game right now with Memphis. We have the Lakers a half game out of being in a playing game. Yes, they have a bunch of injuries, but there's parity right there. So it's been a fun season. It's funny because there has been terrible ratings, and they actually did that Marvelous Night the other day. You know, they had different little features during the game, superhero characters, superhero they, players. They, they, they got to pay us for that, right, Sean? I they mean, better, who, bro. That's who, literally colliding the world of sports. I mean, who does ESPN and Disney think they are? I mean, colliding the world of sports and comics? You guys completely took our idea. I think they're listening to us, man. I hope so, bro. We copyrighted it. So, I mean, someone's going to be getting a hefty fine in the near future. But, no, nah, man, it's definitely been fun, I think, collectively with uh, the parody. I'm hoping, obviously, the Warriors can definitely get at least an eight or seven spot, what we talked about earlier. So they just got to win one of the playing games and uh, secure their playoff spot. Go ahead and explain the new format this year, Sean, because even I was a little bit confused. You obviously explained it to me in pre-production before we started recording. But uh, I think that some fans out there might be a little bit confused, guys. There is a new uh, a new setup for the playoffs this year in the NBA. There's actually two more teams that somewhat – quote unquote, make the playoffs, uh, the ninth and the 10th seed, which the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs are sitting there right now, respectively, in the Western Conference and the Pacers and the Washington Wizards in the East. If you will, go ahead, Sean, and explain kind of how it works, man. The seventh and the eighth play, the ninth and the 10th. Go ahead and explain it to the fans that might be kind of confused on this issue. Yeah, just adding to what Mark said, basically, I think the NBA just wanted to kind of expand the Kind of take a page out of the MLB. Yeah, just try to give teams uh, a chance, like a second chance to get into the playoffs. So the point is to do a little play-in tournament, quote-unquote. So the 7th seed will play the 8th seed. The ninth seed will play the 10th seed. The winner of the 7th and 8th seed automatically secures a playoff spot. The loser of that 7th and 8th seed game will face the winner of the 9th and 10th seed game. So when the 9 and 10 seed game is done, whoever the loser is is completely out, and the winner has to still win one more game. So I think it's cool. Yes, I mean, it's different to a degree, but then again, it does kind of expand the playoffs a little bit, giving teams uh, an extra chance. But it's funny what Mark said about players opening their mouth, <clears throat> LeBron. I mean, all of a sudden, the playing tournament's quote-unquote stupid, and whoever created it should be fired because the Lakers are only a half game up from being in the play-in tournament. So, hey, you know, and it might be a Warriors-Lakers in that 7-18 and 18 matchup. You never know. And I see Dallas here in the West, Sean. They were kind of fighting and flirting with that eight seed kind of, were. you know, earlier two, three months, uh, one to two months ago in the season with the Warriors. And they've actually hop, skip, jumped a lot over to the fifth seed. And, you know, I find it kind of funny, LeBron's comments, in a way, I can kind of see where he's coming from because it it does kind of make things a little bit more confusing down there in the 7th to 10th seed, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. So does the 7th seed, if they lose, do they stay the 7th seed if they well, beat talk, the yeah. winner from the ninth and the 10th seed? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I, obviously there's an answer. We haven't looked it up yet, but um, I think that it, it 
I think it's pretty cool. I think that that gives you a little bit more incentive to lock up those first six seeds because, I mean, this is something that I've said for years. You know, being a Warriors fan my whole life, watching them grow up in the 90s, you know, Spree for three, Run DMC, and all those guys that I've watched for years. And then, the you know, the We Believe year shot out 14 years ago. The anniversary, I believe, was two days ago on the – uh, Baron Davis lifting up his shirt on Karolinko, just dunking all over the guy. But, uh, you know, I used to say this all the time about the damn NBA. I'm like, ha- 16 teams, damn, half the teams in the league make the damn playoffs, and the Warriors didn't make the playoffs for what? It was like 16, <laughs> 17, is 18 crazy. straight years. I'm yeah. like, Jesus, Lord. So, I mean – to see what the what, what Golden State has done since the 90s and since having great players but not great competition, I, I mean, I'm excited that you get two more teams. You got two more cities that get an extra couple games to watch, and, you know, you get two games to fight for a, you know, a championship in the NBA. So, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for it, man. I think that it's going to make it a little bit more exciting, like I said. It's going to make you fight harder to try to lock in that six seed so you don't have to deal with none of these play-in games. But uh, that, that's what we're given now. And I think that there's going to be a couple more changes coming to the NBA. I mean, that could be for another podcast. But with the ratings taking, with the ratings tanking and, you know, people kind of shifting their attention to other sports, if you will. I even think MLS is gaining a little bit more traction. We always see how big the NFL draft is every year but i don't know man i'm excited to see maybe it's because i am kind of being a homer and the warriors are in that ninth seed right now and i want to try to see them get in the playoffs with you know a year that they've had with uh, i think curry can be a viable mvp but nonetheless man i'm excited to see what happens and uh i don't know who do you think can take it all this this year sean uh brooklyn nets two and a half to one Lakers about four to one Clippers five and a half to one the Bucks eight to one Jazz you know leading the division and they're still behind the Lakers at eight to one I'd actually like that before I like the Lakers I just see the Lakers being kind of hung over and just not wanting to deal with the grind that it's going to take to win another championship uh your thoughts Sean go ahead man let me know what you're thinking for the playoffs and going forward and who do you think can win this championship I mean, I think at this point, health is everything. And you can see a lot of these teams are being strategic. Uh, New Jersey, they're resting Harden. They said he's ways away, but who knows? Maybe he could be playing tomorrow. They're going to kind of be saying all these different things and mess with teams' head and kind of throw off the media. But the Lakers, I mean, here I am kind of bashing them to a degree, being a half game out of a playing game. But they still have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I think there's a lot of great teams. And I did mention to the parody of, you know, Phoenix is there you know, a playoff team right now. The New York Knicks playing wonderful basketball. Atlanta Hawks. But when it comes down to it, to me, it, it's not even a question. New Jersey, now Brooklyn Nets, facing the Los Angeles Lakers is the best finals. It's the one you want to watch. It's the superpower team versus superpower team. You know, yes, it's like, oh, great, LeBron's in another final Great, it's the superstar teams versus superstar teams. But this is one of those seasons that you do kind of want to see it. I mean, I don't know. LeBron versus Durant, Kyrie, Harden, Drummond, Anthony Davis. 
that's a recipe for a great finals right there. Do the guys got to be healthy? Yes. But I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, looking at these other teams, there's a couple teams that might be able to make a run. Uh, Maybe Phoenix. You know, they've been pretty consistent the whole year out of the East. I just think Milwaukee being ousted earlier than they've wanted the past couple of seasons, they might be able to. I don't think the Sixers are there just yet. So maybe those would be like my second picks in the East and West, Milwaukee and Phoenix. But I'm pretty sold on Brooklyn and Los Angeles. Do you have any thoughts on the other Los Angeles team, the Clippers? So many high <laughs> hopes ever since they signed uh, Kawhi, but they just kind of been a little bit lackluster. Give me your thoughts on them real quick before we go over to a little bit of some footy talk, guys. Uh, a team that I wish actually was a better team in L.A. I think they do have a good roster. Uh, Zubak, uh, Beverly, Rondo, name of some of the role players, and of course the stars with PG and Kawhi, I think if they can collectively translate what they do in the regular season to the playoffs, I mean, of course they'd be good. You got to stay healthy and stay consistent. PG's failed in the playoffs the way he's played, especially last year. Got a lot of crap for it. But he's a good player. I mean, we can't be knocking the guy. He's a damn good basketball player. I think they might be maybe a piece or two away. I think they'll for sure be able to win a round or two. But... You know, I think the West definitely goes through L.A. I mean, sorry, Utah, you might have the best record, but I don't see you beating the Lakers in a series. Phoenix, you are my second pick out of the West, but I still think you have something to prove. This is your, you know, you guys are going from a non-playoff team basically to the two seed. That's a huge jump. Denver, you guys are super unhealthy right now with Will Barton hurt, Jamal Murray got hurt. (laughs) You know, you brought it up and it's true. Dallas is probably the hottest team. When you look at, you know, they were flirting with that playing game, and now they're at the fifth seed. So they've definitely made a little bit of noise. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, any team that LeBron James is on, even with a sprained ankle, I mean, you can rest them down to the playoffs, and he'll show up the first game. He can go for a triple-double just like that. So I'm, I'm pretty sold on one L.A. team, but unfortunately it's not the Clippers. I wonder if any of the Dallas Mavericks luck has to do with Mark Cuban and how much of an advocate he's been for the Dogecoin lately, man. To the moon, guys. Uh, let us know in the, the <laughs> let us know in the comments. Are you guys currently? I mean, this was a, a a conversation we kind of wanted to have with uh, Mike mm-hmm. and everybody and the whole comic bookies here, but it's going to be kind of fun. But man, Doge to the moon has been <laughs> trending lately. Let us know in the comments. Let us know if any of you guys are holding Dogecoin, Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any other damn type of cryptocurrency crypto, right man. now. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, there's all types of millionaires being made all over the map right now. So uh, it's pretty crazy. So let us know, guys. But let's uh, let's switch our energy over to the pitch a little bit. The nice green over there in England. Uh, there's a bunch of football, football that has been starting to get kicked off with the MLS here. I believe that it has been going pretty Pretty decent. Uh, our San Jose Earthquakes here recently won four to one with Almeida. The old Chivas coach has been doing great for us. So uh, keep on the lookout for MLS. But uh, we got a CONCACAF Champions League that's been going on with the final going to be August 1th at Allegiant Stadium in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, which I believe a lot of people are banking on the u.s and mexico to make that final so that's going to be a pretty hot ticket so uh 
all my uh, Cinco de Mayo Latino Mexican friends out there, if you guys can get a ticket to Legion Stadium on August 1st, I think your team might be in it. But uh, let's get into this UCL, Sean. We got a crazy, crazy week of us. It reminds me of two years ago when Liverpool won the the Champions League and lifted the Mr. Old Ears, Big Old Ears trophy <laughs> and uh, beat Tottenham, which was an all-English final. Here we are again in 2021. Man City beating uh, PSG 2-0 yesterday. We got Chelsea Le Bleu beating Madrid. Who would have thought about that? 2-0 at home. Um, 3-1 on aggregate. And here we are. We set up an all-English final, Sean. Super League aside. Everybody getting fined aside. Manchester United riots that we didn't get to see the the Manchester uh, Liverpool game on Sunday. Let's put all that aside and let's talk about the UCL, man. What are your thoughts, man? Do you think it's uh, Pep Guardiola's time and the Manchester cities? Do you think that Chelsea is going to have what it takes? I don't have the stats right in front of me. I don't know if they have played twice so far in the Premier League or if it's only been once. But I feel like these last couple seasons that in the Premier League that Manchester City has had Chelsea's number. Sean, is anything going to change going into the final in Istanbul here in a couple weeks, man? Well, Thomas Tuchel took over Chelsea from PSG. And ever since he's come to the club, man, they're playing damn good soccer. It seems like they're winning like every game. Every game's a shutout. Uh, Polistic has been literally Captain America on that field. He had the assist today uh, to get him the goal. And, yeah, they defeated Real Madrid 2-0 today, 3-1 on aggregate. And yesterday, uh, PSG, just with Neymar, you know, the highest-paid uh-huh. soccer player, failed to do really anything against Man City. And we know how good Man City is. And they're just continuing their s- superb play. And they are long overdue. I mean, I'll be Clear as day, this is Man City's title to win. This is something that they have been chasing for I don't know how long now. They have not won a Champions League. I think they're kind of past wanting just the Premier League title, the English Cups, and all those cute little cups. They want, you know, Dumbo ears. <laughs> you know, they want. That's what it is. They want the Dumbo ears trophy. They want the Champions League trophy. And the way they're playing right now between De Bruyne, Mares, uh, and the Portuguese wall in the back, Ruben Diaz, Benfica's finest. He's been just a machine back there at 22, 23 years old. I think this is definitely their season. It is an all-English final, so I think it gives both teams the advantage because they know what they're going up against. They're familiar with the style of play. But when it just comes down to it, I think just that long overdue, just that Pep Guardiola knowing what he's doing, doing what he did with Barcelona, doing what he did with Bayern Munich, and now having the toys that he has in Man City, I think Man City would be lifting a trophy, bro. What do you think? Uh, man, I think that with Man City, guys, we got a couple early odds here. Minus 225 to win it. Chelsea plus 185. So almost two to one on Chelsea. Uh, I don't know. I think that this game is going to kind of come down to the wire. Chelsea, although I just mentioned earlier, I felt like Manchester City seems to have their number in the Premier League. But this is something a little bit different. Chelsea winning, you know, in 2012. Obviously, I think it was the the first and only London team to ever win the competition. 
And they're going for their second. Obviously, Manchester City going for their first. The one thing I am excited about uh, being a Liverpool fan is that Bayern Munich doesn't have a chance at winning its seventh and tying <laughs> AC Milan to break the tie with Liverpool with the six Dumbo years. But I don't know, man. I think that for the English Premier League, I think this is great. Just like I said two years ago, Liverpool Tottenham obviously made the final. Liverpool, I think, won that two to zero. And this year, I can kind of see the same thing with Manchester City. Manchester City is just so strong right now. In 2020, when we were going into Christmas, Manchester City in the EPL just seemed to be, you know, going through the motions, man. They were back and forth, fifth, not really doing anything. You know, Liverpool was up, I think, by five, six points, seven points, and they floundered. And here comes Manchester City just doing what they do best, right? Regaining that throne. And I think they're going for what their third or fourth title in the last 10 ish years or something. I'm not too sure, but I mean, Manchester City, they've been wanting this so bad. The owners, I know that uh, there's been so much conflict in what happened with the Super League, Manchester United's owners uh, and whatnot. But these owners are might deliver to their fans. And I think that if these owners deliver their fans this uh, uh, Champions League trophy, I think that Manchester City's uh, fan base is going to quiet down a little bit and kind of be humbled and excited that uh, they get to lift this trophy. But don't sleep on Chelsea and Mr. Captain America and uh, Christian Pulisic, because I do think that they are going to put a fight up. And I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, put this past you, Sean, to see if this gets the penalties or something, man. Your thoughts? Like you said, bro, I think you can't be at all surprised if Chelsea makes this a game between the style of play that they're playing right now, the confidence that they have. I mean, when you watch them play right now, you'd say, damn, any team that they play, they are the superior team. Again, they're going to be going up against a juggernaut with Man City. So I think that might actually be the best style. Control your game, play your game. You don't really want to change too much. Kind of be aware of obviously the strengths that City has. Play your game, and if it kind of drags the game into extra or penalty shots, hey, you know, that actually might be a win for you guys. Because I know Man City wants to win the game in time, you know, in regular time. So I think the longer the game goes, the better off Chelsea will be. But I'm just it's hard right now. I mean, I'm actually looking at their roster right now, and it's just so hard to not see Man City not winning this football game. They're really, really strong. And this is a season for them. And you know what? It's well deserved. It's long overdue. Yes. You know, it's like we always say, man, it's a lot of that oil money. But hey, you know, there's a point where this talent takes over and I think they're going to come out victorious. Definitely, definitely, Sean. And I might have to make a little bit of a friendly wager with you on that as we approach. <laughs> oh, yes, uh, of course. Let me, let me see the fitness report the week before. But I think, like I said, I think Chelsea might have a little bit to say in that. Just like these uh, Mexican teams might have a little bit to say as they win on Cinco de Mayo here, CONCACAF Champions League. Monterrey beats Columbus in the three to zero in uh they advance five to two on aggregate in america advances four to two on aggregate over the portland timbers man yeah man and i don't know whoever you're going for whether it's man city whether it's chelsea i think that it's gonna be a, a dog fight 
And I'm excited, man. So let us know in the comments below. Who are you going for? What are you excited for? All my footy fans. We got the Euro 2020. Yes, it's happening in 2021, but it will be called the Euro 2020 because uh, that's just the way they're going to do it. But let us know in the comments who you guys excited for. Are you guys excited for Chelsea, Man City? Are you guys pissed off that it's an all-English final? Are you guys excited for the Euros? Are you guys excited for the CONCACAF Champions League or the Gold Cup CONCACAF? Let us know. There's so much soccer, so much football stuff going on. And, uh, yeah, we're excited to hear from you guys, the fans, as we round it out. Let's do it. We usually hit this last uh, NASCAR, Sean. We got new, well, man, we got a throwback paint scheme on the track this weekend at Darlington. But I'll tell you one thing that is not going to be throwback at all. And that is going to be the next year, next gen car, man. We got the unveiling. Fire. Fire. We got the unveiling today. NASCAR.com, Ford Performance, Team Chevy, Toyota Racing, everybody was on Twitter, everybody was on Instagram sharing the unveiling of their new cars, man. Before we get into this race, let's get into the next-gen cars a little bit, what you saw, what I saw, what you liked, what you didn't like. Man, I think that uh, I think it's all positives. Like I said in my Twitter post, I think that uh, show us what we got on the track because they're beautiful, but let's see how they perform. What are your thoughts, man? Do you like it? Do you think that things are going to change a little bit? Uh, We talked about it last week a little bit. If you guys tuned in with Michael Roots, a big NASCAR guy. Once again, check him out on YouTube. Uh, Big, big streamer. We were uh, thankful to have him. Like I said, thank you again. But yeah, Sean, what do you think, man? I'm excited. I think that the Toyota Camry was probably the less changed. Yep. I think that the Ford changed the most and the back of the Chevy looks beautiful. But your thoughts, man, what did you like? What did you dislike? You took the words right out of my mouth, uh, specifically with the Ford, bro. That's actually the first car I've seen. And it is hella dope. I love that They had that blue Ford, nice little Mustang in front. It, it definitely has that just little swag to it. It's like, OK, this car had a little transformation, but it's still a NASCAR in regards to the performance, I guess, you know, it is kind of a wait and see. We're going to hear all these things along the way going into next season of what they're going to do. But the cars itself, you know, even though the Toyota car actually looks like it had the least amount of change, I think they all look just clean. I love, of course, the Chevy Camaro, beautiful car. Hopefully Chase is going to be kicking ass in it. <laughs> but no, all the cars he are needs really that win. You know, they're all flush. I really love the way they look. I, I can't wait till they start racing with these, actually. I know we had a lot of questions, you know, these past couple of months. How's it going to be? How's it going to impact, you know, from the pit stops to just the car's performance itself? But, man, I was so happy to see the images of the car once they came out today, and I'm very impressed. Yeah, so am I, man. Like I said, I think that I, I don't, I've been a fan uh, consistently since 2007, when they were bringing the car of tomorrow in with those huge spoilers and all mm-hmm. that, I think I've been through, man, I feel like I've been through at least two or three different changes in the cars, man. I, I don't even know how many rule sets I've been through, how many spoiler changes and how many rule packages and horsepower packages I've been through. That's something else. But dude, these cars that they revealed, obviously what I've heard since they started doing this whole next gen 
is that they wanted to make it closer to stock to kind of what you drive on the you know the the street me being a 2015 mustang gt performance package owner myself i can tell you that i am really impressed with how they came out for performance individually and they made the back of the car kind of look so much more 3d i need a couple more close-ups to see how much of a 3d if it is uh at all that but they got the actual louvers in the hood it's not just like you know paint or whatnot so i think nascar is trying to get close back to its roots and uh i mean i'm excited for it man i i like i said it's all about the performance they've done mm-hmm. so much and obviously they're doing this to uh, i mean i don't know how much they're actually doing this in, to like performance wise because from what i feel as of right now we've been having some pretty good races in 2020 you know they have parity you know a lot of parity obviously 10 winners out of 11 races there's parity up the ass but what i want to say is i don't know how much they're doing this to save the racing or if it's more to try to get manufacturers and win on sunday sell on monday type of deal as we know, you know, chip manufacturers aren't doing too good. So I don't know how much you're going to be selling on Monday if you can't produce these damn cars and Ford and Chevy are shutting down production lines because Lamb Research can't build them enough. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're trying to get those chips out, bro. We're trying to get those chips out. Uh, uh, man, it's pretty crazy. Uh, coming from the car world myself, knowing people, uh, uh, shout out Bobby out there that works for Toyota. I know very close people that are close to the car industry. And man, if you have a used car for sale, let me tell you this, guys. If you thought that it was worth 5000 last year when you wanted to sell it, if you want to sell it this year, it might have 5000 more miles. But I'll tell you, it'll be worth about three to 4000 more because the car used car industry right now is heating up. Used new car manufacturers can't keep up with the demand because of the chip shortage. And it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, kind of going off on a tangent back to NASCAR. We're here at the Darlington Raceway throwback. This is usually going down in Labor Day. But this year it's a little bit different because of the pandemic and all the road courses they've set and all of the different changes they made to the circuit. But we got Kyle Larson again right in that high side. Five and a half to one with Denny Hamlin. Is this guy ever going to get a win? Who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought, like Mike said last week, that Denny Hamlin was going to be the lone JGR car without a win? Just like who would have thought that Chase Elliott would have been the lone Hendrick Motorsport car without a win? But here we are. Larson five and a half to one. Hamlin six to one. Harvick seven to one. You can almost cancel him out because even though he did finish second last week, he is just not performing up to par. Kislowski, he's kind of on fire, eight to one. Bush, don't get him started because once he gets heated up, uh, he can go on a roll. He's also eight to one. Truex, eight to one. Your guy, Elliot, eleven to one. My guy, Ilagano, eleven to one, respectively. William Byron, fifteen to one. Sean, where do you see? Uh, do you see any value in any of these higher priced uh, drivers? I think that with the news coming out. I think that with the throwback weekend upon us, I think that this is a this a lot of eyes are going to be on NASCAR this week in the Goodyear 400. And I think that personally, a lot of these drivers, they want to perform. They want to go out there and flaunt, you know, their throwback paint schemes and give a shout out to whoever they're promoting and whatnot. So 
I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, are you excited? I I don't know. Is this a night race? Let me see. When the time? Do you? Do I you don't have, think it's a night. I race. don't think it's a night race, which is kind of. I, I like Darlington at night. Like I said, uh, I like uh, Darlington Labor Day, but things have changed. So I mean, what are your thoughts, Sean? Give me your opinion on it. Is, can does Chase have a chance at this one? Well, I mean, I think you said the biggest reason why I think Chase does have a chance is it's a throwback night. They all want to perform, and he has to win. I mean, at this point, these are some damn good racers that haven't won, and the two racers that you mentioned haven't won, one having you know a little bit of higher odds at the 11-1, to 1, and, of course, Denny Hamlin, the second-best odds. Denny Hamlin in 17 races has an average finish of seventh place. He has three wins there with nine top fives. I mean, if if he doesn't win this race, I don't know if he's going to win at all this year. I mean, this is that race. I'm thinking that, you know, he's obviously favored to win for a reason. And Kyle Larson has a small sample size, but having the best odds. I mean, six races, three top fives. And he's just racing really good this season. There's times, you know, throughout the past couple races, he's had that one thing maybe go wrong. But consistently, he's been a damn good racer. Going back to Chase, and I know I sound biased. This is the race that he definitely needs to perform and hopefully win. Still some races left, still some road tracks left. But, Chase, we got to get something this week. I mean, you only have eight races there, not too much history, only two top tens. I think he definitely can win. I mean, I'll be honest. I think Chase can win any race he goes into. Obviously, some races have better chances than others. Going through some other races, I mean, the guy who killed it last year who really hasn't done nothing this year with Kevin Harvick, he actually has the most laps led for active drivers at 782 you know some of these racers you think hey it wouldn't be shocking you know kyle bush another one over 700 laps led he does have a win there also so seeing some of those very very bigger names i think they have a good chance looking at some you know value picks i think you can maybe look at like an alex bowman i think you know he doesn't have too much history there at seven uh career races there He's raced decently. He has a top five, couple top tens. So I think he's something you could watch out for. But I'm really strong on a Hamlin chase this week. Just between, I think, quote unquote, you know, the lights will stir, the stars will shine bright. And man, those guys, they just need a win. And if you guys are checking into the Pro Invitational iRacing series that Fox has been holding yeah. on Wednesdays, I checked that out today. They actually ran the next gen car, which is I think that wasn't by coincidence. Hey, let's reveal it on Wednesday, run the pro invitational. But a driver that I really want to mention that I think is going under the radar here with nine top tens currently leading the whole field. And that's William Byron sitting second yeah. in points with one win about, you know, nine points behind Martin Truex that has two wins. But I mean, who would have thought that William Byron would have been sitting here as Rick Hendrick's lone, you know, best driver? Although, I'll be it, you know, all of Rick Hendrick's drivers right now are currently in the, you know, the playoff picture with Chase Elliott sitting at 12th place at the very bottom with no wins and five top tens. But, um, you know, he kind of got that hangover going. Mm -hmm. You got... You, you got Team Penske in third, fourth, and fifth with Logano, Blaney, and Keselowski all each with one win and about six six top tens each, you know. But, man, I got to really give a shout out to, you know, William Byron, which is sitting at 15 to 1 to win this race. He won Homestead Miami, this uh, track 
is somewhat comparable. Obviously, not too much because Lady in Black down there at uh, Darlington, uh, Darlington Raceway in uh, South Carolina is a whole nother beast. But I think that, uh, you know, William Byron needs to get a little bit more love here. I, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of him. He went out on uh, social media this week and kind of, you know, gave a shout out to his mom. So blessings to his mom that is dealing with a brain tumor that is currently going under treatment. And, uh, you know, so blessings be with her. And I think that William Byron is just a guy to a force to be reckoned with here, man. Uh, he's he he gets that little bit of extra practice on iRacing and you guys might laugh. Ah, ha ha ha. But th- it's pretty damn realistic. Uh, we had Michael Roots on last week kind of talking about I asked him the question of if he ever thought about transferring over into into iRacing and you can guys can hear his opinion on it. Episode 110. Go back and listen to it next week. Last week. Great interview. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, William Byron might be a, I can see this guy actually making it to the final four. With Denny Hamlin struggling, with Chase Elliott struggling, with Kevin Harvick struggling, you know, I think that uh, watch out for William Byron, man. Uh, I, I like him, man. Your thoughts, Sean? Well said, bro. I think uh, it's definitely a sneaky racer. When you kind of see what he's done all season, yeah, he may have all the wins that Truex has, you know, one less, but he's been consistent. He's been the best racer for his team, and you know, these racers, the chases who are kind of struggling, Hamlin doesn't have a win. Hey, Byron could be that sneaky racer that gets in that top four. I would not be surprised. Another racer, I mean, it, going back to it, is actually my guy, Kyle Larson. Just every race that I watch, this guy's, okay, he has that point in the race where it's like, this guy's just dominating. This guy's doing super, super good on the track. And I don't know, bro. I just love the parody of this season. I know you mentioned 10 winners in 11 races. A lot different than it was last season, bro. So we definitely just got to enjoy it for what it is right now. Chase, you know, is at that 12th spot without a win. But he does have multiple, multiple top 10s, which is helping him tremendously. So we know, I mean, he is kind of due. Hopefully he gets one this week. And if not, one of those upcoming road track races. But we'll see, bro. I mean, Logano, another one. You know, he's going to comfortably make the playoffs. And he'll put himself in the mix to get a win this week. But... Excited, bro. I definitely like the throwback color schemes, man. I'm super excited to see that. And Chase Elliott, Sean, six and a half to one. Denny Hamlin, six and a half to one. Truex, six and a half to one. This is so close here with Kozlowski, eight. Joey Logano, eight. And Kyle Larson, eight to one, respectively, to win this championship. Man, it's so in the air right now. Like I mentioned, you got two drivers that haven't even won a race yet that, you know, one, well, I think 15 out of like 36 races last year, respectively, each without a win, but yet still sitting here, the favorites to make it to Phoenix to win this championship, man. This is going to be crazy. 10 out of 11 drivers have won so far for the championship. And you got Bowman, Hamlin, Elliott, Harvick, Dylan, Busher, and Benedetto all fighting right now to try to make a playoff spot in this championship series. Let us know in the comments. Let us know live wherever you are listening to us from all six continents except Antarctica, guys. (laughs) Let us know who you like, 
Who was your favorite next-gen car? Did Ford Performance knock it out the park? Did Team Chevy or Toyota Racing? What is your favorite car? Which one looks the nicest? We are going to be coming back right after this little interlude. And yes, once again, this is brought to you by the Comic Bookies Podcast by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Colliding the world of sports and comics weekly with you guys. We'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back once again, brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Don't forget to check them out. But once again, for all the comic book, entertainment, streaming, gaming, whatever you will, aficionados, we're back to talk to you about your favorite topic now. As we always do every single week, getting into brand new books. Let's run through them again. Coming out today, new comic book day, Cinco de Mayo. On 2021, you got from DC, Batman 108, you got the Swamp Thing 3, Suicide Squad 3, Crime Syndicate 3, a lot of threes going here, man, that might be a sign. Green Lantern number two, from Marvel, Amazing Spider-Man 65, Immortal Hulk, Hulk 46, Marauders 20, Hellions 11, and Strange Academy for Sean and Mike number 10. Getting into a little bit of the smaller publishers, although we love them. Dark Horse, you got mine. Fear Case, number four, ending that one. You got from Image, Die 16, Octera 3, The Good R Asian, number one, which I also did pick up off the shelves. Excited to see how that one goes in Bliss 7. From Aftershock, Baby Teeth 17. And Sean, let me know. Do you, are, what it, not sorry, I, I actually missed a huge one here because I see it right here. We're not able to show it to you live, but I got Batman Fortnite number two. You got the second installment of this huge six part series for all of our gaming Fortnite fans. And uh, we are going to be doing a contest here pretty soon, man. So uh, I got. If you guys can't see, obviously we're not live, but I got two unopened copies of number one and two that I think I'm going to be giving out to the fans. So you guys uh, stick tight and uh, we'll get back to you next week about uh, that little giveaway that I think we will be conducting here on the Comic Bookies uh, podcast. Obviously, I haven't opened them because they're still wrapped in plastic, so I don't know how much how that story is going. Let us know. But Sean. Are you what did you read last week that you're excited? What are you going forward this week that you're excited about? Let's get into some comic book talk, man. I got to admit, my stack last week was pretty thin and I would definitely, of course, get into that. But man, that's what you talked about coming out this week, bro. Cinco de Mayo is on Fuego. It's funny you brought up the good Asian, bro, because I was going to pick that up off the uh, counter. If Alex still had any copies of it, there it is. I don't know what it was, bro. It just had that, okay, a little noir, little feel to it. it. It caught my attention, so I'd definitely be checking that out. And there's some other good ones. Strange Academy, as I mentioned, my book choice of the week. I love it. I'm very, very excited for that. I think that's like once a month now, I want to say. 
I know me and Mike were getting it pretty often, loving it, but I think it's like once a month, if that, right now. So that's definitely something I'm very excited for, not getting as often as I wish I was, because it is one of my favorite stories. And of course, Bond. Bond number three, another number three for this week. I'm very, very sort of excited. A little dynamite. So it's something I'm looking forward to, bro. I know for sure there's something in your mind that there's something this week you're definitely looking forward to. What's up? Man, I mean, I feel like we're just, since our sponsorship, we've just been reading so much different stuff, man. Bro, I got, I mean, tell I, me about it. <laughs> how many books did I get last week? Uh, eight? And I don't think that you're only on one with me that we can kind of discuss without Mike being here, which is Frank Gogol's Dead End Kids. I mean, I obviously. I wait for Mike's. I know Mike loves that one, too. <laughs> I mean, when he comes back, we'll probably devote – we got kind of a little bit more into sports this week. When he comes back next week, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into the books. But, I mean, a couple books that I really did like last week that I really enjoyed was the Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent uh, Boom uh, Studios offering, which is Berserker number two. You kind of got that origin story of uh, the main character – and everything that he went through, you know, he pretty much is kind of like a Deadpool. You know, he can't die. Whatever he goes through, he just survives it. And now he's some type of study kind of for the government. And uh, they're trying to track back to how he, he got this mindset and whatnot. So, I mean, the origin story is pretty cool. I thought I had an origin story in Berserker number one, but I didn't because the real origin story comes in Berserker number two. And right now, this is an ongoing series from Boom and uh, Keanu Reeves, Matt Kent, also the writer of Fear Case. Like I mentioned earlier, it's the fourth installment. I'm going to get into that one in a little bit. But Berserker, man, if you guys haven't checked it out, I think that it's still early enough for you guys to kind of get in on it. It's uh, I, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, right now, I would probably give it a seven and a half, seven out of ten. I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's something definitely worth checking out. I'm so excited about Harley Quinn, the new series that has started in the Infinite Frontier. If you guys uh, aren't familiar, Infinite Frontier through DC has been revamping everything thus far through Batman, through Flash, through, uh, you know, action with uh with Clark and John Kent kind of playing such a bigger role in the whole universe that DC is creating. And we actually, and I've actually thought about this, that maybe we, we want to make a YouTube video kind of plotting out the different stuff that has been happening in the infinite frontier and the different stuff that has been happening in the DC universe to kind of, because in my opinion, I think that, Right now, if you haven't gotten into comic book reading because you think it's just too much going on and I don't know this character and I don't know that character, I think that right now is the perfect time to hop in to DC. If you were thinking that you were confused because the whole game done changed right now. I mean, Harley Quinn, like I mentioned, is friends with Batman. Bruce Wayne is living under Gotham City. He's not rich no more. The Joker Award took that all over. And we are in a new, you know, era of uh, the whole comic book that I think that can spring something going forward into the entertainment world, you know, movie side of it. But I really hope that you guys as comic bookie fans, if you guys are one of our readers here that consistently try to read DC, we're obviously a little bit of DC homers here, but 
I think that the universe that it's taking right now, I'm very, very excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah, and like I mentioned, with Action 1030, Philip Kennedy Johnson, I mean, he's revamping the whole thing with, you know, I... (laughs) Is Superman really going to die off? Let us know, because that's what it's looking like so far going forward. But uh, these books so far, they've been really, really good. This week, I got the good Asian, Sean. I didn't pull it. I did see it in previews, but I decided I decided to go with Boom's Eve instead. I've seen that also. Victor Lavelle, Joe Me Jung, and Brittany Peer. Number one of Boom Studios. This is one that I'm going to be checking out. I'll let you guys know next week whether or not I'm pulling it, whether or not how much I like it. But, you know, we pull so many number ones here on the Comic Bookie podcast, and it's pretty much we do it to review it with you guys, you know, because I know that obviously not everybody else has the opportunity to, you know, get as many books as we do with uh with with the sponsorship we've gotten and being able to get previews every month and being able to pull all these number ones and see if we're in tune with it if we're not so i mean this is really helpful in my opinion for the comic bookie readers out there you know entertainment and you know aficionados that you know we're kind of giving you our opinion on these books so when we tell you that we like it it's at least a seven eight nine or ten you know so, you know, we're going to let you know our honest down, you know, opinion on it. And it's your guys' honest opinion if you guys want to read it or not. But we're every week we talk about new, smaller, bigger, all types of publishers. So let us know who you guys are reading, who you guys are into, because uh, we're into all types of publishers here. So, Sean, what do you, I mean, you want to talk about Dead End Kids? It's the only one that we mentioned that we wrote, read together. I mean, I got this super cool uh, Batman 108. Mike told me that there's a new character yep. in it. I haven't opened it yet, but uh, where do you want to go, man? Uh, I'm going to definitely bring up Darth Vader. I actually got number 11. It's funny, bro, because I thought I took it off my pull list, but I did still get it, and I was actually happy I got it. It was actually a good read. Um focuses on Darth Vader, and it's one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and pretty much he is on the verge of coming up with revealing the secret that the Emperor actually has. He has a grudge with the Emperor right now, but the Emperor always seems to be one step ahead. And it's just really, really cool, because, of course, yesterday was May the 4th to be with you, so it kind of went hand-in-hand with having to have the comic and, of course, reading it. But I'm just really excited for number 12 after for the longest time being a little and i don't know if you want to read this comic anymore because i think right now darth is he's in that in between does he want to i guess go back to the dark side and be under the emperor or is he actually gonna you know find out what his plans are he's gonna possibly kill him so you're kind of in that leaving a little cliffhanger on number 11 so definitely excited for that very very uh entertaining read bro man it was a good one it got me happy really really good much needed you know better than that good old flash right (laughs) (laughs) i mean flash i i don't know if it's just me but uh it isn't bro it isn't bro i'm reading it too and there's so much writing so much so much writing and the stories is not going in the direction i wish it did but you know we'll see what the next one has in store for us we'll see but 
Real quick, bro, I was actually going to add to what you said earlier in regards to new comic book readers. Of course, before we talk about Dead and Kids, number four from Frank Gogol. Awesome read. Uh, with the Infinite Frontier, bro, it is actually a great time for new readers to get in because of what you said. I think it's hella intimidating to get into new comic books, especially like a big publisher like DC. Because I think we kind of fell into that. Like, oh, we're going to get into, you know, the whole Bane the Joker, all these different, you know, characters and what's going on. Are we, are we like getting into the you know middle of it? Is this a new work? Is this number one? What's going on? So I think just a whole kind of like, oh, these stories have been going on for how long? Am I going to understand it and what so? But it couldn't have been a better time with Infinite Frontier. And I think you and I were kind of on the same page. Like, well, what the heck is this? This is going to be stupid. But you know what? It's actually, I think, one of the best things that happened because it does open the door, I think, for a lot of readers. And what you said, man, I mean... Batman isn't rich anymore. Him and Hurley are friends. There's so many different angles and different aspects, so many character development slash changes that are going on. Things that everyone's like, what the heck? This isn't the, this is what I'm used to. I don't, I don't see this in the movies. So I definitely think it's a really good avenue for a lot of new readers. And I think it, it's, it opens the door to a lot of creativity to what the writers can do with these characters. Because again, you know, it's the same characters, but in, I think different environments, different relationships. So, Yes, Infinite Frontier, I think, is going to be badass. I think it is badass. So, yeah, that was, I was happy you brought that up, Mark, because I think we were kind of in that same, I think, uh, entrance point with comics, kind of like, I don't know, like, how this is going to work. Do we just, you know, am I going to go find, I, bro, I was at the point where, like, am I going to find just, like, a Batman number one, you know, Superman? Do I need to start on a number one? But, of course, you know, Mike explained things to us and how it works. So here we are with our sponsorship getting all these number ones and all these great books and hopefully again it opens up the avenue for other new comic book readers now getting into dead end kids number four another badass read so so good because how relatable it can be how real that can be right yeah man and i'm so glad that frank gogol taught that got to add an extra piece to the puzzle yes because usually it seems like he's a one or a three part series uh writer but this one he gave us a little bit extra you saw at the end you obviously got the new character that's coming in from the original dead end kids and i mean i i you know i appreciate and i really like the you know I wouldn't, I guess, story, but I wouldn't say universe, but he's creating a little bit of something here with his characters, with uh, I wouldn't doubt if he comes back in another, you know, dead end kids with the characters from uh, this one as he's bringing back the original ones from the first dead end kids. But man, Frank Gogol, shout out to him, obviously writing Power Rangers, uh, a one shot for, um, I believe, Boom, but uh yeah, I mean, I'm excited, man. Like like I said, Dead End Kids, every time that Frank Gogol writes something, whether it be you no know, heroin, whether it be you no know, grief, whether it be uh, uh, all of his writings, he just he really brings it from the heart and he really lets you know like he's really feeling it with inside. Because obviously coming from the podcast, a close friend, we know a lot about his uh his upbringing and his past and how he came from the East Coast to the West Coast and whatnot. But, uh, man, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. He really uh, he brings it out in his writing. 
and he spills it all out on the table. And uh, I think that if you guys can pick up this trade of dead end kids, uh, the suburban job by uh, source point press, I highly suggest you guys do it because uh, Frank, uh, he's an up and coming writer and we expect a lot more from him for coming forward here at the comic bookies podcast. So be on the lookout for his new stuff, be on the lookout for more interviews from us with him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, shout out Frank Gogo, man. You're doing the damn thing. The book itself, bro, is awesome. Frank is killing it. We've been a fan of him and his work ever since, you know, we've been able to have the chance to interview him a couple times and read his beautiful writings. Because at the end of the day, they're so relatable. They're, it seems, real-life stuff. I mean, these are things I, would, I don't want to see movies on, shows on, especially, you know, Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job Number 4. I mean, we got, of course— Tori, Brian, and Amna, you know, you got Ray Ray and the goons, you know, when you see like the connection of what's going on with them, you know, imagine just falling, you know, upon a big old stash of money. And of course, you know, it's money that needs to be owed to somebody and we can't get into it, but maybe we shouldn't because I know Mike super, super loved this book as well. But I just think with it being more of a smaller publisher and Frank Google being able to have the creativity that he has. He's definitely just created his own like quote unquote universe slash style that it's stuff that you can read. And it's like, okay, it's just away from the hero aspect. Yes. He is going to be doing the power Rangers one shot, which we've seen in previews. And it was that, you know, new project that he was working on that he mentioned when we interviewed him. So we're super, super excited, pushing for him and pushing for a lot of new comic book readers to definitely get on it. I mean, Power Rangers, guys, we grew up watching the Power Rangers. So it's definitely a new, uh, maybe a new style, new world, new aspect to it. But it is the Power Rangers. So we'll definitely be looking out for that. And yeah, man, Dead End Kids, definitely a success, man. I'm uh, excited for his next, next projects, man, for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we're going to get into a lot more books next week. Obviously, when Mike comes back, we got The Good Asian to touch on by Image. We got Eve by Boom and obviously Batman 108, which Mike told us that there's going to be a new character in it. I got the variant here. We're not live, so you guys can see Ian Fleming's James Bond, Fear Case, rounding out that story. But uh. Let's get into a little bit of entertainment talk, man. Sean, I know you got a, a couple of news bits for the fans out there that are uh, may not have heard it yet. But, man, there's a couple of big things going on in the industry, man. Why, why won't you share? I will, brother. I will. You know, one of our favorite parts of the episode, sharing the entertainment aspect of things, uh, movies, comic books, shows, etc. Some things to name off. Uh, the Joker which we thoroughly enjoyed. They're actually working on a sequel. So we have something in development right now. I think they're going to have some details to come in the near future. But Joaquin Phoenix, he might be planning on coming back as Joker. We'll see how that pans out. James Gunn will likely be leaving Marvel after his Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Not sure if it's kind of a mutual thing. Maybe his time is just done there. It is a third Guardians of the Galaxy, which he's done really, really good for that franchise. So we'll see what happens with that. Game of Thrones, guys. It is back, but of course it is a prequel, House of the Dragon. And we had the first images released today. So, hey, I admit I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Super, super excited. You know, Game of Thrones definitely set the standard. But, hey, a prequel, I'm all in for it. I'm excited for it. We'll see how it goes. 
Loki comes out next month. It feels like, well, WandaVision kicked ass and Falcon Winter Soldier did such a good job. And it just ended recently. We have Loki upon us coming out next month. And lucky to the fans, it'll actually be out on a Wednesday instead of a Friday. So we do get it two days earlier, the week of release. So, you know, that's something pretty cool. For Mike and I, I do unfortunately have a little bit of bad news because we are huge fans of The Flash in the CW show. Two of its main characters, Mr. Wells and Cisco, are going to be leaving the show. And now it looks like the Flash character himself wants to likely quit the show, and the show will possibly be canceled. That's the big news going around. You know, one of the better CW shows, I'd say. Uh, and it sucks, man. It's something that I'm very, very surprised for. I know some of those shows weren't the best. Mike watches most of them. And, you know, if you ever want to get a good rating on it, get a good review, he'll give you a super good one. But some we definitely we had the consensus on that Flash is pretty good. And it kind of sucks that it's looking like it's going to be canceled. So we'll see what ultimately happens with that. And finally... A super, super dope video came out earlier this week from Marvel Studios on all the upcoming projects. We do have a name for the new Black Panther. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Who would have thought? Super, super cool name. And for the new Blade there movie. There it is. Yeah, there it is, bro. Not no Black Panther number two, nothing like that. And for the new Blade movie featuring, starting Mahershala Ali, it'll start filming next year. So, you know, a bunch of small little uh, hitters, but some definitely cool stuff, you know, between the directors. uh, James Gunn will likely be ending his reign with the franchise of Guardians of the Galaxy. But, you know, we got a Joker upon us, you know, a a sequel, The Flash. That's likely going to be ending on CW. Any of those things, you know, tickle your pickle mark, anything that stands (laughs) out to you? Uh, Of course, you know, the Joker, man. I, (laughs) you know... October 4th, 2019, it got released, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. Although, you know, I wish that it would go in the way of the Joker War, but I don't think it's going to go that way. I just don't think Joaquin Phoenix is that type of uh, uh, character to play that type of role. And I think that they're going to keep kind of Joker as its own entity in my opinion, going forward with the DC universe, which kind of sucks. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how much they kind of try to blend them in. Uh, We saw, you know, obviously you said the Flash is kind of going to die off and CW. I think that he's going to become a little bit more prominent in the movies. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. I I think that they're going to kind of go a different direction of the infinite frontierish type of direction that i wish they would have gone with but i i just don't see that happening but i mean i'm excited i'm excited to see dcu kind of catch up to the mcu on the movie wise and you know uh they're trying they're trying and that's all they can do you know so uh shout out to dc and everything that they're trying to do but uh yeah we'll, we'll see going forward man uh I think that that kind of rounds it out, man. It's been about an hour and a half and we kind of trying to keep it a little bit short. But next week we'll uh, 
have a lot more reviews with books and everything because, man, I think in the last two weeks I've gotten 20 books, if if you will. <laughs> a lot so, of reviewing, bro. <laughs> I mean, 15, 20 books, so a lot of stuff to catch up on with Mike, a lot of things that he likes. And uh, always keep a lookout for our reviews on YouTube. Always keep a lookout for our updates on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot at the Comic Bookies on all social media at the comic bookies on YouTube, but uh, we're trying to deliver. Obviously, we got kids and wives and lives and whatnot that kind of keeps us back from obviously going live as like tonight. But uh, nonetheless, we uh, hope that you guys are safe. We welcome the three different countries that have joined us on our passport. We only missing Antarctica, Sean. So. Uh, <laughs> Let's try Almost to there, bro. let's try to get some uh, Eskimos and whatnot uh, listening to the comic bookies. But thank you so much for everything that you guys have done. Thank you so much for being part of the comic bookie podcast family and uh, sharing it with your loved ones, your moms, your dads, your family, your sisters, your brothers and whatnot. We really appreciate you. Treasure Island Comics appreciates you. The sports, the gambling. And all of the comics and all of the entertainment world appreciates you guys for tuning in with us weekly. So thank you. Happy Cinco de Mayo. And uh, Sean, send us off, baby. You know, I think Mark said a lot of great things in regards to the fans. Cause that's kind of what it's for. You know, this is a good time week in and week out for my brother Mark, Mike, and myself. But ultimately, we do it for the fans. Talking sports, talking comics, entertainment, bringing it all together. You get the Comic Bookies podcast, episode 111, super, super fun. Of course, we wish we had our brother Mike here, but he definitely had way more important things he had to handle tonight. But hopefully, we held it down to the standard that the fans love. We had a great time talking some sports, giving some Bay Area love, of course, talking some comics and entertainment. And like what Mark said, we have so many books between this week and next week, so I'm sure it's going to be a hell of an episode, episode 112. Again, make sure you guys check out last week's interview. Super, super fun interview. And for the Comic Bookies podcast, guys, keep doing what you guys do with us, watching us, listening to us. We have our YouTube page. We're live on Twitch. We, of course, have our Instagram and Facebook. So definitely, again, you know, give us a little ring. Give us a little ping. Email us. Message us. We're all down for you know conversation, getting recommendations. And definitely let us know if there's something you guys want us to talk about, something to touch on. We will definitely more than happily do it for you guys. You guys do know the social media, the Kong Bookies podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, like I always say, guys, just keep supporting us the way that you guys do. We love you guys for it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. And once again, this has been the podcast, the one and only that collides the world of sports and comics weekly with you guys. Brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Once again, this is Mark for Sean for Mike signing off. Enjoy the sports. Enjoy the comics and always enjoy each other. Peace. And don't forget to enjoy the new Gen 6 card coming to you in 2022 and all of the football. Let's go. Let's go.